Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 651. Science Faction, lab leaks, and killing half a population. Uh, a lab leak is actually the reason I wasn't allowed back at the Berkeley lab when I visited you on campus. That's uh, true. That's true. Uh, that that was a little different, though. Most people are thinking, oh, Damien, you crude bastard. You took a piss in the middle of a lab. No, 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 no. He actually snuck in a bag of Franzia, the only intelligent way to do so, which is as a trim <laughs> young male, you put it under your shirt to look like you have a little bit of a gut and you pop the nozzle out through your fly. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the, <laughs> there are pictures somewhere floating on the interweb of like me going to town, seemingly on my friend's crotch. Yeah. But what they don't know is that I'm sating my alcoholism, not my homosexuality. <laughs> I'm sating one vice, not another. Oh, and speaking of the vice lord of this show, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. And with me, as always, is the goody two-shoes vice cop himself, none other than Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm pretty sure the, the theme of training day was that goody two-shoes vice cops get killed. Like, that's not the place. You got to be the dirtiest motherfucking cop for vice. That's what I understand. For movies. No, he didn't get killed. He ended up, he, he beat Denzel. He survived. If you saw the beating he took in that movie, that was, he he should have died like three times during that. <laughs> that was a white man, a small white man wrote that movie about the power of a small white man. Much like Ethan Hawke himself, I know you like to get wet. <laughs> I, like, I, I, I relax with PCP after work. <laughs> Bobby, I just got done at boxing. I knew I had to. I knew I had needed to get ready to record. I like to like to, to yeah. set my mind mellow at ease. out. Yeah, mellow out. So yeah, a bit. I I smoke uh, some pot laced with PCP as I get from my downtown LA drug dealer, who's clearly a cholo. So. Uh, dear, and if you like cholos, go ahead and check out our Patreon. You can search Robert Timothy. <laughs> Patreon, you can find a whole other episode of Science Faction every single week. But for now, let's move right on to science articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. You know, I'm not doing it to sound cool because, like, I know, like, Martin Scorsese, like, when he talks about, oh, I grew up with gangsters around. He, like, doing his, like, yeah, a yeah, humble yeah. brag, like, oh, yeah. I grew up with pranksters. I grew up being raised by cholos. And, like, for yes. those of you outside the country, that's, like, a Mexican gay. I, I have cousins who uh, either are still doing time in America yeah. for for serious shit. Not, like, yeah. not paying bills or whatever you guys think we get <laughs> arrested for. <laughs> he has entire sides of his family in which all the women don't have any eyebrows. Just all drawn on. Yeah, and like, uh, like, there's like a, a a face tattoo competition between like a couple of cousins. Mm -hmm. The point is, and it doesn't matter if it's like a wedding photo or like a first communion photo. Whatever the photo is, has to be taken crouching in front of a lowrider. <laughs> I'm wearing my dress knee high socks. <laughs> The point is, I get to grow up with like I, I'm a I'm a I'm a white dude, big nosed white dude with blue eyes. Yeah. But uh, 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 like I, I the secret thing about my past is I'm I'm the cholo whisperer. I can whisper <laughs> to cholos. 
<laughs> Flaming hot Cheetos aren't really that good. <laughs> I have to pretend, just eat the Mexican candy. It doesn't matter if you like it. Okay? It's disrespectful <laughs> not to eat it, Bobby. Oh, dear. Sorry okay. about this wetto. <laughs> okay, on to article number one. What's with the lab leak talk? Is, is it real? Like, do I need to, like, is it, like, do I need to apologize as a conspiracy theorist? Because I said some personal, personal things. <laughs> and about where I told you to put that John F. Kennedy bullet, I am so sorry. <laughs> it was urethra. Most people think asshole. It was urethra. I was going for the good ones. Yeah, but I still wanted fired from a high-powered rifle on a grassy knoll to get there. I almost made this the main story of last week uh, because it had come out just a little bit before, kind of like midweek last week. However, because everything was just coming out and it was such an important story, I really wanted to sit down on it and look at what what came out from all the different sources and see what's going on. I think I have a pretty good handle on this now. So we're going to talk about the quote unquote lab leak hypothesis that has now been supported by the U.S. Department of Energy as of last week. We're going to talk about indications and everything else that are surrounding it and what that means. Okay, so isn't the U.S. Department of Energy now through corporate funding just basically a consortium of energy drinks? Like, isn't it the monster Department of Energy? Yeah, it's uh, that's why if you ever look up on a telephone pole, most people don't realize this. They never look up. If you look up, the Transformers are actually painted to be exact copies of Red Bull cans. <laughs> yeah, don't touch those things. They'll give you wings. Angel's wings. Yeah, I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> Uh, so let's go over just kind of all of this stuff. Obviously we've lived through the pandemic for the past few years. So we know all about SARS-CoV-2 coming out of Wuhan in late 2019, spreading around the world rather quickly. And the main hypothesis, the one that is supported by the ma vast majority of scientists and governmental bodies and scientific organizations is that there was a zoonotic transfer from animals to people. We know the original host of these viruses, these SARS type coronaviruses is bats. They circulate all throughout bat populations, especially bat populations in China. It's where we had SARS-CoV-1 or just SARS come out in China, you know, 20 years beforehand. So we knew these bats are out there. This is the origin point. However, usually for it to get into a person, it goes through an in intermediate source, meaning somebody else gets infected, some other animal gets infected from the bat. And then because that animal is a little bit closer or tweaks it a little bit, it can more easily go from bats to us. So the idea is that some animal within the Wuhan wet market uh, you know, had a case that it got from a bat and it infected people throughout that market. That was the epicenter. It spread throughout that area uh, and spread throughout the world. Now, the lab leak hypothesis postulates that the Wuhan Institute of Virology there was the actual source of it. And there was a release of either a genetically modified version or just, you know, a natural animal version that had been caught someplace and then released out through some kind of lab leak, through a possible contamination of individuals working at that lab, and that Wuhan was just a super spreader event that that went along with it. So those are the two ideas. Now, we have been hypercritical of that second one on this show to varying degrees. We don't know, as a definitive fact, nobody knows right now, exactly where it came from. And we can't say for sure. What we can say is the preponderance of the evidence and what we see and whether or not the suggestions by those who believe it is a lab leak seem feasible. Now, 
<clears throat> as we get into what that lab leak looks like and all that stuff, I do want to also just kind of hammer out what exactly it is that happened last week. It's not like some new information got released. It was just the change of stance of a governing body from one position to the other. Previously, of known U.S. departmental agencies, I think there was seven, the FBI was the only one who believed that it that they had a moderate confidence that it was a lab leak. All the others either believed it was natural origin or had no determinants. For instance, the CIA has no position on the matter. Now, the Department of Energy had started in a group with four others, other departments well, that... You just don't know it, Bobby. <laughs> The Department of Energy had started a group with four others that believed there was they had low confidence that it was a natural event, meaning they didn't they weren't really super super sure, but the preponderance of the evidence was it was natural. They changed that, that little dick energy on that confidence. It's like yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe they did it. Well, they changed it last week to still low confidence. They just switched sides, so they're still low confidence, but now they have low confidence lab leak hypothesis, and they haven't released any information. That has changed. They haven't said, hey, look, we found this new stuff. Look, here's all this new data. Here's what we saw that changed our minds. It frankly can just be a change of opinion within individuals within the organization, but nothing has been presented. There is no switch of information. Now, I have heard very reputable, reasonable people postulate a possibility of a lab leak. Almost none of them will say that that there is any evidence for it. Almost none of them will say that it is a significant possibility. All of them will say, you know, there is a possibility that this happens. And of course, if you're being a feasible, reasonable scientist, you have to include that in the possibility. There is a possibility that this happened. It's probably not the biggest likelihood. Uh, and here's what happened. And there's a couple of reasons why we don't think it's the biggest likelihood. Number one, you'll see conspiracy theorists pointing to, hey, why is this lab leak so appealing to you? Well, let, let's start with those reasons. Let's let's play the, the steel man argument and, and say why all the best reasons that people believe that there might be, uh, that, that the pandemic might have started from a lab leak. Number one, there is a coronavirus research lab there. And in general, those viruses tend to exist further south in China naturally, uh, not as much up north in the Wuhan area. And the idea would be that, man, you got these people investigating these viruses from kind of far away. They're in Wuhan. Very easy for something to get out uh, and people to get sick. Feasible idea. Alex Jones, Daily Bugle. Um... Okay, uh, uh, is it possible that the reason this lab leak happened is because this new lab in the north, who is not usually, uh, COVID is not usually its forte, uh -huh. perhaps they got ambitious, did not realize the beast they were trying to tame, and that is why the leak came from the Wuhan lab. Was because they did not uh, they they did not know the beast they were messing with. They did not uh, read the uh, the confinement notes. Uh, it's like a, it's like the beginning of Jurassic Park getting that that uh, Velociraptor in the cage. No, no. See, I, this is other Alex Jones. Let me just tell you why you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> The reason that the Wuhan Northern Lab couldn't contain uh, the, the, the regular Chinese flu virus, SARS-CoV-2, Biden virus, the reason that they couldn't contain it is because, much like here, the South had more vigor. It was a Robert E. Lee-type figure, this virus, right? And it goes up there to this dainty North that can't take its rugged masculinity. And uh, much like the Civil War here in the United States, the South triumphs. <laughs> Oh, God, it's like listening to a mirror. 
You guys can't hear or see it right now, but like we're doing that thing where I, I put my hand up to the Zoom call, and he's mimicking even my mouth movements. Oh my God, the deep state finally sent a, uh, an Alex Jones robot. Now, uh, other reasons that, that the lab leak kind of keeps coming back up. Obviously, the Chinese government was incredibly shady about the whole thing, including the researchers who first identified the virus, including the lockdowns that happened afterwards, including the, the scientific and speech issues that happened afterwards. So, like, to be fair to those people, it is fair to point that out and be like, oh, that that's pretty fucked up. That's weird, right? But also, you point out, like, oh, it's just a totalitarian government. That's kind of how they do everything. But... Okay, fair enough. These are the masterminds behind the fucking balloon. I don't put anything past them. <laughs> a balloon, Bobby. Another was a seemingly statistically unlikely anomaly uh, at a genetic point called the fur and cleavage site in the <laughs> genetics of SARS-CoV-2. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I like Hell my yeah, cleavage, boys. I like my cleavage shave, but I'll take it furry if I can get it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually been experimenting with these things called furry bobbies. I got a couple of illustrations that a talented young man sent me. Uh, I'll, I'll forward them to you in an email. There also are reports of three Wuhan lab workers who were hospitalized in November of 2019 with some kind of unknown respiratory illness. Now, the idea being, what if, you know, they got infected in the lab, they came out, they were wandering around, and they got everybody else infected. So those are kind of the postulations put forward. Now, there there are some really important things to consider, which is that the biosecurity levels on some of these, some of the parts of the lab that were working in certain types of coronaviruses were not very strong, et cetera, et cetera. All of these point to the fact that it could be true. It could, in fact, and some really skeptical people actually point to a very specific researcher known as like the Chinese bat woman. And she goes and gets all these like viruses of different bat caves and a very specific virus that she published, discovered and published in 2012 and then renamed after like 2020. And they were like, oh, she renamed it because she clearly, that was the original virus. She found it, she brought it here. She didn't want anyone like re realizing what it was. So she's changed the name so nobody could figure out her, her, BS, her stuff. Well, first of all, that is just total BS as opposed to the other things which are somewhat reasonable. That's total BS. We actually know that that virus that was identified actually could not then be genetically manipulated to become SARS-CoV-2. They're just too different. Uh, we also know that when we talk about, you know, the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology being there, in fact, it turns out that like basically every major Chinese city has a large biosafety security lab that is investigating coronaviruses because coronaviruses come out of fucking China. And like, that's a big deal. So of course you're going to have labs in the cities in your country that research it. So people are acting as if it's like, oh, look, the one lab where they're looking at it, this came out and it would be, I mean, it's like the US equivalent of being like, oh, the one lab where the cold was, that's where we had a cold <laughs> outbreak. And it's like, no motherfucker, it's everywhere. We're in America. We're not used to uh, big, uh, big uh, uh, investments in healthcare or, yeah. or in virology or in science. It's kind of like uh, uh, when I when I went uh, to England, uh, they were uh, like somebody said something. He was like, "Yeah, you Americans love castles. We have the England is lousy with castles, but you Americans fucking love them. We we have to go to these things on field trips in elementary school. But you guys are fucking <laughs> fucking crazy for them. So maybe yeah, maybe the uh, the Wuhan like labs." Uh, that study co coronavirus in China are like castles. We are just fucking fascinated by it. Man, that Harold and Kumar movie would have been real short in England. <laughs> Dude, where's my castle? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Dude, where's my servant? 
Uh, dear, dear. By Jove, uh, where's my servant? In terms of the claim for the fur and cleavage site, which claims that there are, it's a statistically unlikely thing to see observed within the genetics, but it's a common thing in genetic engineering. That's actually a total misrepresentation of the information. Actually, that particular fur and cleavage site is present in other coronavirus relatives and is probably just a reconstitution of what was there before. Has nothing to do with genetic engineering. In fact, there are absolutely no definitive evidence of laboratory manipulation. None has even been presented as possible. And so what we can say now is, could it have come from a lab? Yes. Does it show any signs of genetic manipulation? No. And also, by the way, as we saw over the first rounds of this, as we got later variants, it wasn't perfectly geared towards humans. Like if, if this was a genetically engineered component, we would have expected it to be, you know, genetically geared to be highly infectious, it did that itself by the time it got to Omega. So we would have seen, you know, expected to see that in the lab. Also, we can kind of infer some things from the Chinese political readiness and their refusal to acknowledge what was going on. All of that looks really bad in retrospect, and none of that would be the case if they knew what was going on. So if we are to expect a lab leak hypothesis, we have to say it's an accidental one, right? And it's an accidental one of a virus that looks very, very much like a natural one that has no evidence of, of being genetically manipulated. Now, we haven't found the natural viral reservoir yet, though we do have some stuff that's really, really close, maybe even like the same cave close. I uh, just had to go through a pangolin or something to get there. So we found some pretty close stuff in nature, but nothing in the Wuhan virology lab was close enough that it could have become SARS-CoV-2. So unless they had something hidden in there that we didn't know about, none of the stuff in there could have just like mutated into it. It would have had to be like some kind of secret sample that was brought in and then secretly released accidentally without anyone knowing type thing in order for all of that to go on. Is it impossible? No, it's just certainly not, Bobby. Certainly, the fact is probable. <laughs> it's just that the evidence doesn't suggest it. In fact, all the evidence we do have suggests the opposite: the early confusion of the Chinese, the bumbling of the government in doing it. Like, if if I I don't know what your goal is, if this is like a a purposeful lab leak, but you would certainly not want to look as fucked up as they did. Now, if it's an accidental one, then okay, then the then it's you know this accidentally got released out, and Wuhan market was just a, a super spreader event. It wasn't necessarily the origin point. Uh, totally feasible. Again, there's some problems though. We talked about a paper that was published in the summer of last year that showed A and B lineages early on in the infection. Now, they have since dwindled out. There's only one lineage of that that, that survived, but it showed two separate zoonotic jumps into human beings. That would kind of preclude the idea that, you know, some researcher got sick at some point from an animal and then went out to the hospital and got everybody else sick. This actually looks like continued interaction with a sick animal. That's also pretty hard to kind of square the circle in terms of how does that happen if it's just, you know, a leak coming out of a leaky pipe or something, right? You would get a person would get sick likely uh, and then, you know, they would pass it on. But you, you have to have sustained and, and constant contact with the animal itself uh, to get that sickness and then to happen twice and to happen twice in the Wuhan area. So we know this is an origin point and zoonotic origin point. It, it's just all of the stuff lines up to suggest that it absolutely is just a regular zoonotic transfer. It could, however, be something different. 
And we always have to keep our minds open to that. We always keep the possibilities open to that. And we always have to be Bayesians about it. We have to assess our surety of something based on the statistical likelihood of it, right? Am I going to go out there and say, there's no fucking way it was a lab leak? No. What I would think is, eh, depending on things, based on what I've seen right now, based on the evidence and stuff, maybe 2% chance, you know, that it was something like a lab leak. And as, as more information comes in and that chance gets bigger or smaller, I've, I probably had that down below 1% early on based on the evidence we were getting. I've opened my mind to that a little bit more based on certain evidence, right? So I, I'll keep bumping that up or down. And we always just support that surety as opposed to too many people try to go with binary thinking. It was a lab leak. It was not a lab leak. And that's all I'm going to do. And I can switch back and forth between those but I can't hold an unsure opinion. Instead, this is a perfect example of Bayesian reasoning. We don't live in Schrodinger's box, Bobby. <laughs> right? There is, there is, there is, I, I can't see the uncertainty all around. Right? Well, you might not, but that's just because uh, Tammy Schrodinger is a 10 and she's not going to let you anywhere near her. <laughs> yeah, there is a, uh, a very strict restraining order, Texas restraining order. Uh, Bob, Bobby, I, I, I think you need to open up your mind to the possibility that uh, that that possibly uh, the greatest trick the deep state ever played was convincing you that you need evidence to prove everything. All right, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Once you free your mind from the limitations of of evidence and and rationality, Bobby, you're gonna you're gonna be a celebrity, man. This watch science faction will take off once you take the Alex Jones pill. All right, this is Alex Jones again. I, I gotta come in. I gotta disagree with you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't let this sheet sit here and, and, and pretend to be Alex Jones when he's talking about uh, conspiracy theories lack evidence. All right. I just get one up. I just got birds aren't reeled by by by, by my uh, by my evil doppelganger who's like from a from a crazier universe that even has better conspiracies. Oh, now you believe in reality? <laughs> ah! And like Alex Jones like gets sucked in on himself like a black hole, <laughs> defying physics. Oh, I get the point of this, but I I have some kind of inherent racial bias against the color of hole I'm becoming. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, oh, I was saved by my racism. I was able to, 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 I was able to shun and segregate myself from the, from the type of hole that I'm not allowed to mention without being demonetized. Oh, right, oh I'm being canceled. There's actually like one of them old stage hooks coming out to remove me from this podcast. Uh, so regardless, just like something to take away from it, we could find out tomorrow that there's good evidence that it is a lab leak, in which case my opinion will flip that day. Damien's probably, I can't speak for you, but probably yours too, right? The point isn't to pick a side. It's to pick a surety of evidence based on what you know. So again, if you can flip from going, oh no, I'm this person. I believe it's not a lab leak. I am this person. I believe it is to here's my apportionment of surety based on the evidence and I'm 94% sure or whatever that number is. I, I was drafting an apology letter uh, halfway through this just to, uh, just to get it out of the way, just to just to eat all my crow uh, before uh, dinner. I didn't want to fill yeah. up. Uh, but now that I found out that I'm right, I'm just changing everything. Uh, to exact, <laughs> I'm doubling down. Listen here. Yeah, you thought it was so cool to be uh, to make the teacher's life hell every day of high school. Well, who's laughing now, you piece of shit? Not him with his retirement and his fishing boat in Tahoe. It's you, you fucking conspiracy theorist, you pyramid scheme loving Alex Jones blowing 
<laughs> yeah, you sit there and you you lament, you jealously lament the retirement of that public school teacher. <laughs> you just think of all the Daddy Warbucks like cash he's coming into. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's what re- that's what rural parts of the country are for. With cost of living real low, you have a guaranteed paycheck every day for the rest of your life. You'll live like a king in rural I- Idaho. Uh, dear, article number two, surprising history of Europe indicates a massive extinction of half the population. Uh, Europe, Europe has had so many extinctions. Viral, yes. Genghis Khan. There's yeah. This yeah, the, 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 we, we talk about the Indo-Europeans coming in with farming and basically wiping out all the hunter-gatherers and stuff. This is before that, by the way. This is a, this is a retro extinction. So it's a super interesting story, and it completely rewrites the history of ancient Europe. It's super, super cool. So real quick, we've talked before about, you know, Europe first settled by Homo heidelbergensis and then Neanderthals and stuff. Homo sapien cuts in there around 50-some-odd, maybe a little bit later, 45,000 years ago, makes its way through. Very small hunter-gatherer populations for a very long time during the Ice Age, and they get wiped out repeatedly by different groups, usually Anatolian farmers or Anatolian herders or some... Some motherfuckers from Turkey are coming in with horses and fucking you up. And they basically, most of Europe is now just Turkish people. But a very interesting kind of like, you know, ancient history of the area. Now, they lived from like 45,000 years ago in that super cold ice age until around 25,000 years ago, where it got even colder. That's beginning to approach the last glacial maximum. And it essentially, the entire continent became covered in giant ice sheets for the next 5,000 years or so. At that point, Europe was dominated by a single culture, the Gravedian, with similar archaeological remains. We had just assumed that this culture, which is basically all over Europe, it's very, very thinly dispersed, not a lot of people, but they all have the same tools, same arc sites, same everything. We just figure it's the same intergreeting group of people. And we had always assumed that the Western Gravedians escaped those 5,000 years of ice sheets by retreating to Spain and Portugal to wait out the cold, and that the Eastern Gravedians escaped to Italy to wait out the cold, because we find like uh, artifacts down there. And then after about 19,000 years ago, when it starts to warm up a little bit, those groups recolonized Europe behind the retreating ice sheets. But this study changes all of that. Firstly, it turns out that the Gravedian culture was not a single culture, at least not an inbreeding, not an interbreeding one, as the two groups, despite having near identical archaeological sites, were completely genetically distinct and did not mate. Super, super interesting. What was that exchange where their culture was so similar, but their mating was it's fucking interesting. Super interesting. Uh, being a Gravedian is like a Mandalorian. It's not a race. It's people. It's a culture. <laughs> it's a creed. It could be. Yes. It is the way. Yeah, and secondarily, they found that while they while we were right about the Western Gravedians hiding out in the Iberian Peninsula to beat the cold, it turns out we were wrong about the Eastern ones hiding out in Italy. Instead, they hid out nowhere because they were completely wiped off the face of the earth by the cold. So the group we thought... You so we think thought, you're Siberians? You ain't Siberians. You can't handle this. We thought they retreated to Italy and hung out there because we got we find like artifacts and stuff there. It turns out that a totally separate group from like the Balkans made its way into Italy, and those guys then helped colonize Europe. And uh, after you know, uh, uh, after they started warming up a little bit, a completely separate group, one group we thought was doing all this, went completely extinct twenty thousand years ago, and were replaced by a completely other one in a different area that we just mistook for them. 
fucking changes the way we think of it, of of human history, of European history, of European colonization, of genetics, of fucking everything about ancient Europe. So some posers from the Balkans were stealing Gravetti Valor? Like they, for archaeologically, in the yes, eyes of- Yes, well, they actually, they, they form a group called the Epigravetians, which like have similar tools, but they're not exactly the same. And we just thought they evolved. And now we realize, no, it's a totally different part, totally different group of people. But like, imagining, imagine finding out that like, I don't know, it turns out later on in looking back at history, the United States was two separate countries and half of them died out. It's like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, culturally, the South has kind of yes. regressed. <laughs> I mean, Mountain Dew, I think, is governor of a state. I don't know which one, but like just the concept of Mountain Dew. Hold on, Alex Jones, it's Alabama. <laughs> I'm still waiting for one of those southern states to do what a small town does and elect a dog. Like, I would love that. Like, like I, I might move to Mississippi if there's like a, like a basset hound for a, for a fucking governor. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, they they uh, they gerrymander. You can't you can't yeah. give basset hounds any kind of of, of authority. <laughs> it's a German Shepherd, and he is pretty <laughs> racist. So, <laughs> oh dear. Well, thank you, audience, for coming back to Science Faction Six Fifty One, where you learned all about the lab leak hypothesis and how half of Europe went extinct in the last ice age. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction. 652. David, that's ridiculous. Of course, of course, Mountain Dew was never a governor of any state, southern or otherwise, all right? But that being said, a bottle of Baja Blast was elected comptroller of Galveston, Texas for a two-week period during the Obama administration. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. 